The Puritan's Guide to Fall Songs Guide. Can you hear me? Tonight's song is. Tonight we're talking about Blindness. Um, it was first released on Interim in 2004 and then also released um, along with Class Pans, What About Us, and an instrumental, I believe, uh, that I can't remember the name of, on uh, Fall Heads Roll in 2005. And then there was, um, let's see, Blind Man was it the demo of the song. Um, and that was released as a single in 2004. Five on the voice print labels and or on the voice print label and mailed to uh, their mail order customers. So, and I gathered all that information from our guests' uh, website, uh, a website that we use a lot here, uh, which is the Annotated Fall. And we're very uh, happy to have Chris from the Annotated Fall come in and uh, talk about blindness with us tonight. So thanks, Chris, and hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Hello to hey. you and all the people out there, whoever you may be. <laughs> uh, could you tell us, just before we get started on on, on the song, uh, when you started the Annotated Fall and kind of like what gave you the idea? Um, have you just been doing it yourself? I mean, I know I see lots of the same people there, but what was it just, did you build it and was it your idea or did you work with other people, that sort of thing? Well, okay. Um, I start, so I didn't get into the fall until late 2012. Oh, wow. Um, oh, okay. I'm, I'm kind of a newcomer to the fall, uh, relative newcomer, I guess that's eight years now, but a relative newcomer. So, <laughs> um, I, had a friend who's tasted music I respected. And at one point he mentioned that maybe possibly his favorite band was the fall and I'd never heard of him. So I said, wow, you know, his favorite band, I got to check it out. So I, I said, well, what should I check out by them? So he made me a mix and he wound up making me five CDs uh, <laughs> that he burned, you know, which is a lot, obviously, although it just scratches the surface. And that was in 2010, actually. And, uh, you know, I put it on in the car a few times and I didn't like it. So, uh, uh I, I, but, but I kept, you know, it was one of those things where I kept hearing about the fall after that. Once you hear, you know how, when you hear something that you never heard and then you hear it a million times. So, right, right. um, I thought, well, I'd like to, you know, I don't like this band, but I'd like to have something, you know, reasonable to say about why. And of course he put so much work into that five CD, even, you know, put it up <laughs> on the cover and, you know, like some collage of fall pictures that I felt guilty, you know, that he went to all that work and, and I, I didn't really listen to the thing very closely. So I, I sort of, you know, made myself a, a deal. I said, I'm going to put this in my car and I'm not going to listen to anything else for two weeks. And that was what, you know, once, once two weeks was up, I was a drooling maniac. You know, I didn't want to hear anything. <laughs> I, I actually um, made a new year's resolution at the beginning of 2013 that I wasn't going to listen to anything else but the fall that year. And uh, I pretty much did it. Um, so I was pretty obsessed with it, I guess you could say. Right, um, right. 
but but the, well, a lot of the lyrics didn't make any sense at all to me. Um, and, and and I I think that there's a, um, an amount of perplexity that's unavoidable when confronted with Marky e. Smith's lyrics. Um, but there's also certain confusions that are fairly easily cleared up. And a lot of them have to do with being American, right? Because he right. said no sense at all to an American. So I said, I don't want to sit here pondering this thing that some British guy could just tell me what it means in two seconds, you know? And um, I want to ponder the stuff that I'm stuck with pondering for not for contingent reasons, like because I'm American. So, uh, and um, I guess I got the idea. Um, I'm also, uh, a, this is probably going to come as a somewhat of a shock to some of our listeners and you too, maybe, but I'm also kind of a, a serious deadhead. So, um, there is a website called the annotated grateful dead. And I think that's what in my mind that this kind of thing, uh, my website's way better, but it, I think that's <laughs> what put in my mind, that this kind of thing, you know, happens or whatever. And I thought, well, if ever there was a corpus of lyrics that needed annotation, you know, here it is. So um, at, at this point I was on the, um, the fall online forum on the internet. I don't know if you guys are on there or if you're familiar with it, but familiar. it's a great, wonderful yeah. wonderful forum you know lots and lots of people lots of activity for whatever reason it, it's got more going on than most uh websites for most uh, musical acts you know it's it's still going strong and um mm -hmm. i kind of put it out there um on the forum i said hey guys you know we should do a, a site and annotate these lyrics what do you say and um the response back was kind of tepid um, and, and I don't know what came over me, but I just started doing it. So I, I, I got a free website and I would just go onto the forum and ask them all, Hey, what does this mean? What does that mean? And I'd go back and, you know, type it in. But, um, right from the beginning, there were a, a few people interested and, um, you know, and it kind of, as it, as it became a, you know, it was like the Tom Sawyer thing, as it became a real thing and people saw me doing it, it got more attention and more people started to chip in. But I, but I definitely have to mention uh, Dan uh, from the fall forum, who's done probably as much work on the site as I have, like I, I, the editorial voice there is mine and I physically put it together. But as far as research, genuine research, Dan's a librarian. And when uh. I do when I do research, it means I Google something, but he <laughs> actually does research for the site. So he's an extremely important contributor and you could make a case that he's as important or more important even than I am over there uh, because of the fact that he actually does research as opposed to me. Uh, who um, <laughs> is that? But, is that Danny? No, is that Danny? No on the site? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I it's just a see funny his name thing. all over. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny thing. He's called Danny No. So for a couple of years there, I called him Danny, you know, short for Danny No. And then what? But he signs all his posts and all, you know, everywhere he signs it, Dan. And one day I clicked and I said, wait a minute, are you called Danny No because you don't want to be called Danny? And he said, yeah, that's why it's Danny. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's and at that point, you know, it says Danny all over the annotated fall, you know, thanks to Danny for sending in. And uh, there's probably still a couple of them left out there, but I think I purged uh, all the ones I could find. I mean, he didn't make a big, big thing out of it. Otherwise, he would have mentioned it at some point, but I felt bad. Right, right. No, that's hilarious. You have, that's me, great. You have me wondering now if there's a lot of uh, deadheads who are also big fall fans now because I, I never thought about those having sort of crossover. 
I think there are reasons why there would be crossover. And I think the biggest one is that they're both bands that have a really uh, more extreme in the case of the dead, but they're both bands that have a lot of emphasis on the live experience, which by the way, I never saw the fall either. Um, I, as I say, I got them in 2012, they were going to come to the States in what, 2018 or something or right before Mark died. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I had tickets, Uh, but they put a lot of emphasis on the live experience. And, um, you know, uh, in different ways. Um, so I, I think there's now, as far as crossover on the fall online forum, there are a fair amount of people that like the dead. Um, and on the place I go to discuss the dead, there's a couple people that like the fall. So it seems like there's more fall fans that go the one way than, than vice versa. But interesting. I could see you know. like fish fans being big into the fall, but no. Ugh. Yeah, I'm not much for fish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to put a sour taste in anyone's mouth, but I just. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I, I, why, why do you see a connection there? Well, I, I you know, I know. Um, so I have heard uh, interviews with, with Trey Anastasio and like uh, about like his musical taste and seeing like they have a, a channel on satellite radio. But I stumble across every once in a while because they're sometimes playing stuff that like songs that the band has picked to be played on there from other artists. And it's usually a pretty wide range of stuff. And I don't know, I feel like, you know, uh, I think fish, fish heads, if you want to call them that, which I hate calling them that. Um, I think they probably have a little more adventurous taste than I think maybe a lot of deadheads. But, you know, I, that would make sense. And I, and I, I think that, um, you know, for I don't know how, you know, I don't want to overstate this, but to some extent, deadheads have really shitty taste in, or can I say that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. They have really shitty taste in music. Like, you know, that's a stereotype, and it's certainly not true across the board. And, and, and people always surprise you in some way or other, so I don't want to overstate that. But there's an element of that, you know, and uh, one of the things being a lot of them like <laughs> fish <laughs> but but be that as it may i, I could see what you're saying right because fish is so weird that you yeah. know you, maybe people would by dint of that have some kind of more of an open uh, approach <laughs> in case you didn't know we use it like every episode we use the website every episode like just to go through and be like oh okay well somebody mentioned this here and that you know what I mean? So we use that, a lot of different really things. Gratifying. And I always have mixed feelings about it because on the one hand, of course, it's awesome. And that's what the thing's for. And it's wonderful to hear. On the other hand, the, the thing is so huge and it took so long to put together that, I mean, there's stuff in there that I, I read and I just cringe, but I'm like, when am I ever going to get the chance <laughs> to go back and edit this thing? And right, right. Changed over the years. You know, I was a lot more discursive and putting my opinions in earlier on. And I don't know why. I don't know why I changed or why I don't like that anymore. Sometimes I'll see myself say, oh, this is one of their best songs or something. I'll just cut that out or something or or uh-huh. even some more. And there's always a little bit of a um, ambiguity as to what the site was for. So I think the way I see it, the primary purpose of the site is to run down references and to clear like the easy things up as opposed to giving an interpretation. Um, but at times I can't resist and I enjoy giving an interpretation. And I think blindness is one example. Um, so, you know, you get a little bit of that too. Um, and the, what the proper balance is between those two things is something I've never quite 
worked out, you know. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, you get, I, like- I get a lot of blowback. People, oh, you're trying to tell us what the songs mean and everything like that. <laughs> and, I, I, and I, I mean, on one hand, I, I'm certainly not trying to tell anybody what the songs mean. And second of all, I don't think you can with fall lyrics. To me, fall no. are not pegged to some hidden, deep, you know, singular, univocal meaning that we just would have to unlock. I think blindness is a great example of that. I don't think there's some secret code there where if we only, I mean, there's lots of little secret codes. Like there's things he says that are probably referring to one thing or another we're just not going to get. Um, and, and it's always exciting when somebody cracks one of those and we do get it right on the website, but the overall thing, I don't think there's a hidden structure that we could just exhume. And then all of a sudden we'd be like, nah, now I know what that song means, you know? Right. I, I don't right. think that's the way he wrote songs. I think he wrote songs. He wanted to, um, I think the sources of the lyrics when there are sources aren't the meaning of the lyrics. I think they're an occasion for him to put those particular words together and let them work some kind of magic that he wanted them to work. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. I don't think there's, unless it's one of his sort of story songs from the beginning, uh, I don't think there's any main overarching theme through any given song. Like it always goes off in every direction, sometimes at once. There's no main theme that you're to pick up. Like when, yeah, so I, I think I... I, it's kind of ridiculous that anyone would think you're actually trying to tell them what the song means. But I also get this feeling like if anybody, if there are a lot of fall fans that listen to this podcast, uh, they might feel the same way about us because we're just usually on, you know, talking about the words, but that's because the words, Mark, Mark's words are like 95% of what mostly makes the songs great i don't know to me i mean the music's always amazing but it always goes back to the word so you know i, I feel i feel the same way and it's i was so happy i really agree with that I, to me the words are, are at most maybe 40 percent of what makes them great <laughs> <laughs> well you know Even I, I think focus on yeah yeah i think that changes for me personally but i think also since doing this podcast uh, the words have become more important. Yeah. So for me, like I was a fan and we've said this on the podcast hundreds of times, but for me, I became a fan in like the nineties. And so I didn't have a concordance or any like way to know what the lyrics actually were. So half the time I was just making shit up in my head. Cause I didn't know what he was saying half the time. Cause yeah. I'm really bad with that accent. So I'm always just well, like, and, yeah. I mean, and then he put out uh, two lyrics books and um, in, in a lot of the lyrics in those lyrics books seem to be transcriptions from people that weren't Marky e. Smith. <laughs> wow. Uh, a lot of them are just flat out wrong. And, you know, uh-huh. um, there's people who will argue to the death about this, but there, there is no way you can convince me that a lot of those lyrics in the lyrics books, you know, when you have some of those lyrics in Marky e. Smith's handwriting, that's when, you, you know, it's more authoritative. Even there, it's not dispositive or authoritative but some of them are just wrong transcriptions and i think you know in the notes to winter there's a little note that we talk about um the clang process he he, in the in the notes to hex he says something about using the clang process and in psychology they call it clanging when someone with schizophrenia or with um a mental uh, disability um, is putting words together on the basis of their sounds rather than their sense. And that's one right. thing. So, so to, 
to Mark, I think a bad transcription is just another thing that can happen with those lyrics. It's more alchemy with the words. Mm -hmm. He he wants it to go out like that. He he's perfectly yeah. happy for it to go out like that. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and he, plus it's better than just regular old sound poetry too. You know, where people oh, are yeah. just like saying. <laughs> you know, it's no, not. Just I think I really think that he he does that to an extent, but I don't think for the the most part, I don't think the components of a fall lyric are phonetic. I don't think they're sounds as much as their meanings. I think he, it, meanings are almost like the paint that he uses uh, to draw, but but it's but not in a really linear way, right? He, he likes to right. He, these meanings to kind of butt up against each other and sort of fly around and and produce some kind of. Uh, alchemical process or something like that and that's right right exactly they're successful um which is actually a good way to move into the song we could do that now because i was yeah, just thinking a of great example of that right i mean I, I think he's drawing several ideas from numerous sources and throwing them all into the pot and i mean you know i could do that and it would suck so i think it's important to not to, not to underplay the artistry that goes on there it's not like he's just haphazardly throwing a bunch of things together exactly or if he is he's doing it in a really inspired way right he's he's really good at it if he is just throwing shit He's on the wall, really right? good at yeah. it yeah um so the, the two words i always think of when i hear this song are the uh the, the calvary calvary and cavalry so one being uh the hill where uh they crucified jesus in uh christianity uh and of course the uh regiment or the is it a regiment? I guess I don't know. The uh, the horse horse riding soldiers in the army, basically. Right. So both are both are there. You know, with ca with ca cavalry, yeah, cavalry. You know, send in the cavalry, 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 and cavalry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm also from the Midwest, so I think my <laughs> L's get intrusive sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, so the, the cavalry. Uh, you know, sitting in the Calvary is there to save someone. And then, of course, like for Christians, Jesus is their savior. So there's like a, there's an element of saving this person. And then, you know, the, uh, the the repeated line is, you know, blind man, save me or or have mercy on me. Sorry. Within the song. Have so mercy. I find that. In Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I wonder, does he say I'm just doing control F or command F on my lyrics to see if he does say save me at some point, but he doesn't in the, I got three versions on there, but, it, but yeah, he says have mercy on me. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't say save me. He just says have mercy on me. So and of course, Calvary and Calvary both involve violence in a way. Right. I mean, yeah. Calvary, and there's that too. Right. Um, I think I picked that up because I read my notes today. Um, <laughs> you know, you might imagine I actually know what's in all these notes, but not the truth. Um, <laughs> and most of them are put together at like four in the morning. Um, right, right. But uh, yeah. And so, so there is a good example where you could see the sounds of the words seems to be the initial impulse that brought them together. But there's also these two ideas coming together. So both the kind of clanging and the um, and the kind of painting with meaning or whatever that we mentioned are, uh, I guess, in play in that in that line, right? Calvary and cavalry. I would say so because I I thought it was a really great line when I first heard the song, um, and I think I probably heard it a little later than after, like after it was released, 
because at this point in the fall, I was like, or my fall fandom, I was kind of like, so I wasn't like keeping up with it right as it was released. Um, so I, uh, so I came to this a little later and then for some reason, I was really hoping that this was based on Jose Saramago's uh, novel called Blindness for some reason. Oh, have you man, read I that one? Have that in those. <laughs> no. So, but I don't think it is in any way, but that's always something that who knows with Mark, but you know, the book, the book's about like uh, everyone in the world basically goes blind or like a large portion of it. And then the others who can see, kind of take over and rule the blind people. It's been a long time since I've seen it. It's a pretty dark novel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like this crazy science fiction novel. Um, and then there's, there's a second book to it called Seeing, obviously, because that's what happens after blindness. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so it's a really, but it's a really great, like, uh, it's a great novel. <laughs> yeah, it's a great novel, but I was just really like, for some reason, I thought possibly it was about that. But then after hearing it a few times, I'm just like, eh, maybe just I doubt it. But um, anyway, so well, that's uh, the kind of no. thing we'd have to run down if there's any evidence that he ever read it. Right. Which is that would be hard to run down. So in the 80s, you get some things sometimes where I give people lists of books he's been reading and things like that. But I don't know of anything too recent like that. Yeah, I don't either. Um like, in, and he might not have ever said it, and who knows if he, I mean, he, I'm guessing he was a pretty big reader, so, you know. Seems like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, I've been tr- sitting here trying to suss out, because you're talking about, you know, the, the clanging that you were talking about, to see if, like, Marky e. Smith was familiar with Hugo Ball, who was, uh, you know, a lot of his sound poetry uh used a lot of that just like working with you know uh language and made up words just because of how they sound which um i think the best example is um i think the the talking hit song e zimbra from fear of music was based on a hugo ball like sort of sound poetry piece so but haven't been able to find any evidence of that <laughs> you know, that seems like the kind of thing he'd be hip to though I mean, oh really yeah big time and, and you know i i I, I wonder, I should search my website and see if there's anything. Cause a lot of times somebody will come up with something and say, wow, that's great. And then I'll go to put it in and it'll already be there, you know? Right. I, I wonder if there's a reference to Hugo boss somewhere in the notes, uh, not to this song. I don't think, cause I just read it today, but um, <laughs> it, it certainly, I, and I don't know much about Hugo ball, unfortunately, but it definitely seems like the kind of thing he'd be clued into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one question that was really bugging me all day and I could never find a, a good answer for it. But um, so on this song, and this is in your, in the song's notes on this song and then another song on Fallhead's role, he, he divides the word legend into legend, which is also something that uh, Henry Cow did on their first album, which is called, either called legend or legend, however you read it. Uh, but it's got a picture of so a sock on the cover. So you got, you got to figure your leg end is at least. Implied. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. That's what I, that's what that's. Yeah. After I figured out that they had done that and it wasn't just necessarily called legend. I was like, Oh, that's what that sock means. <laughs> so yeah, no. Um, so, but my question that I couldn't find with Google cause I didn't have enough time to actually look was, is legend like something, is it a slang term in, in the UK, like bell end? <laughs> so bell end is like, 
basically calling somebody a dickhead, right? So it's legging to something, but I couldn't find anything because everything just comes up as legend. And I'm just like, that's not what I was looking for. <laughs> you uh, know, I run that down because it seemed something at the back of my mind feels like that's right. But I, I'm not, you know, uh, you guys got to Dan on it sometime. He's, a, he's, he's English and, and he, he would know. <laughs> and and he'll, yeah, That would be great. He would be a way more erudite and engaging um, guest, I think, even even than me. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know that sounds right. Like calling somebody a leg end, something about that sounds right. I'm gonna have to after I get off of here. I'm gonna try to look into that. Uh, yeah, I, I'll try to look into it too. I'll let you know if I find anything. I, yeah. But. And he says yeah, leg end at the beginning of, uh, I think at the beginning of What About Us on the Peel session too. Right. Uh, oh, okay. Right, right. So, oh, okay. Maybe that was it. It's not necessarily on um, on Fallhead's role. It's been a while since I listened to the whole album. So, yeah. Leg end's in here somewhere. It, might, it, is, it is at the beginning on Fallhead's role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me see that? what my note says for that. If I have... Uh, oh yeah, and then um, what about us? It says begins leg end living. We are living leg ends, the living leg end. Uh, but and then I got Henry Cow there. But uh, no, I don't have anything about it being uh, an English insult. But it just seems like it really ought to be. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But on the other you hand, know, I'm surprised like... nobody's called me on not having it in the notes after uh, what I don't know, like seven or eight years of that <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> Because um, I'd say seventy-five percent of my constituency are, are British, uh, right? Way more Brits than Americans seem to be, uh, at least in the online fall world. Mm-hmm. Then again, sometimes I find something really, some really stupid error that's been there for like five years and nobody's noticed. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much of it, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff there. I mean, that's why I keep going back to it. I actually had uh, bookmarked the site on my work computer because when I'd get bored, I would just go listen. To, I would listen to a song and then just look the lyrics and figure out uh, what was going on. You know what? Oh wait, uh, sorry. Yams. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'd uh, love to be able to use my site more as a consumer. Um, it seems like so much work and time goes into putting the notes there that I don't have time to read them or, you know, right. so a really diligent reader of my site probably knows way more about the songs than I do. You know? <laughs> well, it would be really hard to do that with your own site. If you're the guy throwing in all the notes, because then you're just going to want to like uh, edit it or do, you know, or do whatever it is. Because Invariably that's what happens when I, you know, that happened today. I made like eight edits today to combine <laughs> a couple other things. I cross-referenced, uh, I don't know, winter and Chicago now, and I think I changed a couple of things. I, I don't even remember what I did, but I, I, you're right. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't just look at it without going in and changing something and adding something. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, I know how that I I know how that goes. That would be that would be really hard to deal with. I would think <laughs> with a website with that kind of website. I think, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be crazy. Um, so, do you want to? Do you have anything else that you want to kind of talk about as far as blindness goes? Like, did you want to kind of? go over what is on the site because it's a pretty long and intense sort of explanation of what you have, at least as far as this sort of like, 
divisions of the song, right? So, yeah, and, and there's some of this stuff about the Masonic element to it, which um, I don't know anything about that, and um, that all comes from the Fall Online forum. And when that came up, you know, I thought, all right, you know, come on. And then, but then those guys, you know, kept like plugging in little connections and things, and you know, I, it's definitely worth noting it's worth thinking about i don't i'm not saying he's right. thinking about masonry, uh freemasonry but it's it, they at least convinced me that it was noteworthy uh to have it on there that i guess you're um blindfolded and on one leg um yeah yeah made initiation ritual or whatever don't they make you jump off of a small ledge or something like that too <laughs> um, it's been a, like <laughs> It's been a while since I've looked into, I, I was, I had a roommate who was really big into uh, conspiracy theories, like the good way in, in for a while in college. And so like, I've learned a lot about the Masons from him, even though he had never been a Mason. So there's lots of weird shit. And plus it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Mark E. Smith had thrown in a bunch of Masonic stuff in there just for the hell of it, because Really, he, he's totally into that kind of stuff. Books on things like that were something that he really dug, and he he wasn't too discriminatory about how how scholarly or reputable the books were. I mean, I think he was discriminatory in the sense that I I don't think he was gulled by um, sort of pulp renderings of you know about, about the occult and things like that. But he just really relished reading those things. I think. Um, oh, right, right. I, I think it really fired his imagination and I don't think he was all that concerned um, whether it was, you know, how reliable the information was at times. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of that's kind of speculative, just just going off of things he's talked about that he's read in various places. And then you can see certain references in the lyrics. Um, but but yeah, I, I think he would have known. Uh, far more about Freemasonry than I do anyway. Um, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me at the very least. Um, and then of course there's the, um, there's that little tagline, do you work hard, which um, comes from originally from Chicago now. And um, I don't want to make too much of that because it, it's, it's like a modular little thing. And it's hard to know why he would uh, throw that in. Uh, partly, I think, so uh, we should also mention another thing I don't know anything about is the British politician, David Blunkett, who was blind. And um, he was, I think, fairly uh, authoritarian in some ways. And I guess there was posters of him sort of uh, with his sightless eyes sort of gazing down on you. And uh, right. I, that's partly when Mark keeps talking about seeing a poster. And uh, it, Mark Smith himself said uh, in an interview that the song was, quote, about uh, David Blunkett. So that's, that's, I, I take that with a grain of salt, but, but the reference is definitely solid. Um, and so, so there's this kind of, um, idea that you're walking along maybe with this, uh, kind of poster of a politician looming over you. And, and it, that it sort of seems like an accusatory question. Do you work hard or something like that? Mm -hmm. uh, on the one hand, um, right. Who knows? Maybe he just heard Chicago now the week before and thought, hey, that's a good line. I'll throw it in something else. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know I, I mean, I think I think that, um, again, I, uh, what I try to avoid is 
thinking I'm unraveling it and I'm going to get to the center of it. But if with all due caution, I think we can, um, you know, we can advance certain interpretations that, that build off of the lyrics as opposed to, as opposed to trying to drill down to their center that sort of build off of them or something. And I think mm-hmm. that's the way the songs are meant to be heard. And I think that's the way he worked. So um, this notion of working hard um, is something that brings my mind back to new Puritan where um, he's, sort of slagging uh, what he sees as sort of lazy, decadent people uh, who are obsessed with their record collections. You guys had a really awesome, excellent uh, discussion of that in the in one of your um, podcasts. Um, but um, and, and then, you, you know, you see the way there's there's a sort of I think there's a sort of thing that he's getting at that what he sees as like a work ethic or a Puritan ethic uh, might not be recognizable to too many people. That I, I think that um, debauchery for its own sake is something he has nothing but absolute contempt for. The debauchery has to sort of uh, lead to a heightened state which issues forth in some sort of product, like lyrics. And um, I think that's kind of what he's on about. So I always think of that uh, with that line, do you work hard? Like, I think it's kind of like the voice of the new Puritan or something haranguing us. Like, uh, are you, are you, are you taking this all somewhere? All this debauchery and drug use and all these things that you should be doing, but you should be doing them to a certain end. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's, okay. probably, that's probably why, I mean, I, don't, I never heard about him being big into like uh, smoking pot or anything like that. He was a big amphetamines freak. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Sorry, I have to smack very dismissive of pot. Yeah, there's a there's a really funny interview where he says, "I've seen a lot of skunk damage," and the, and the interview, like, <laughs> "What the fuck are you talking about?" He's like, "Well, you know, I've seen it happen. You know, my mates, you know, they get smoking that that skunk or that weed or whatever, and it, it does a lot of damage." And you're, you're talking about a guy who's you know just uh, bombarding his brain with speed constantly, right. and he's talking about <laughs> skunk damage. <laughs> But yeah, I don't think he was very much into marijuana. I, who knows, right? Maybe he smoked it, but he definitely had some sort of contemptuous things to say about it. That's always kind of the whole marijuana speed thing. Uh, I'm always I'm always a little surprised that what sort of proggy prog rock bands he will cop to liking too. Like Henry Cow is very. I mean, they have that RIO, like, you know, sort of, they're prog, but there's a lot of not rock and roll in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I love Henry Cow. I'm not saying that as a bad thing. But yeah. there's also like, you know, so it's always kind of interesting uh, what he is, what he sometimes points back to. And I know they even covered a Henry Cow song. If not on this, it was it on Fallheads Roll or was it on one of the other ones? It was on it was like the Unutterable, I think. No, no, oh, okay. no. Uh, middle class revolt. There you go. There you go. Um, That's it. Or, okay, yeah. Which is sort of yeah. a total. I mean, that is very rock and roll. The, the Henry Cow version isn't. Um, yeah, yeah. The fall cover is really almost like a whole new song. Uh, even the lyrics, of course, he never covers a song without messing with the lyrics too. Uh, but but mostly it's the Henry Cow lyrics, I think. But it's uh, musically, it's a lot different. Yeah. Uh, but 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 yeah. Uh, I, whatever the. Um, sort of thread that makes sense out of the code of his uh, musical taste. I haven't cracked. Um, he definitely seems like a <laughs> yeah. guy who 
um, either he likes something or he just completely abominated it. Like it, it, it's either good or it sucks. And there's right. no in between for him, it seems. And, um, yeah. you know, the, the things he liked and the things he hated, you know, I, I think they, it's not that they're totally without sense, but not to the point where I could predict or, or understand. Um, you know, at one point he said, Neil Young is the enemy. And um, <laughs> he hates Neil Young. Uh, but he loves Zappa or Henry Cow, uh, but but then probably hates you know the. I think he liked uh, Vandergraaff Generator too. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say Vandergraaff Generator was a big one that gets brought up a lot, which is kind of also really strange. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. yeah. And if you can see him really maybe hating something that's just like a hair away from that, you know, or uh, right, right, right. Well, it's weird that he wouldn't like Neil Young. But also it does make sense in a way because Neil Young was kind of a, I mean, cause Neil goes between like folky and noise, you know, all the time. So I think over the last, however long he's been around. So maybe that was what, who knows? Like I, but the, I can kind of see that. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of a strange thing. Um, but yeah, Vandergraaff Generator is the one that always blows my mind. <laughs> I'm always like, really? Them? I mean, the, you know, there's some stuff that I really like, but I mean, I like Henry Cow better, but yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, it's just always kind of a strange thing. Um, there was one thing I saw on here, not to bring back Jesus, but you know, I saw when I was looking through the comments, somebody said that, uh, that there's a story in the Bible about how... Um, a blind man asked Jesus for mercy. And so now within this song, it's, it's more like Jesus asking a blind man for mercy. If that makes sense. Like the, it's kind of switched between the two, not necessarily that the character in this story is Jesus. The switch between like, who is asking for mercy, like between like a God and a blind man and that sort of thing. So. I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting thing to point out, too. Yeah, I, I think we should. Now, I wish I could find it here. There's a song that Blind Man that the Panther Burns had recorded. I think it was a Muddy Waters song that oh, right, had right. phrase repeated in it, have mercy on me. So you have the song named Blind Man with the phrase have mercy on me repeated. I don't think that in either version it, it ever specifically says blind man have mercy on me and quite like that but um but it's all there um so as the source for that line uh you know so so this is a good example of like the two ways you can go on the one hand you know where did he get those words and put them together and in this case i think uh we have to at least consider that it's um from that song and then the question you know what are these words doing how do we want to interpret them and uh Mm -hmm. sort of reversal of uh, the blind man asking Jesus to have mercy. Um, there was a blind man who I think asked Jesus to bless him and then uh, said, I'll be satisfied if I could touch the hem of your garment or something. And then, yeah, it's something like that. But he didn't ask for his sight back. And somehow he was seen as virtuous for not asking, you know, it was, it was right, right. sort of uh, impolite to ask, but he, <laughs> He got it. No, that makes sense. That's yeah, I don't know. I I, I I didn't actually reread all the comments today, so I, I don't remember exactly what the person said, but that's definitely uh, an interesting connection there. Yeah. No, no, that was basically that was basically what they were saying was that there seemed to be a reversal of the two. 
characters right. within and you that got story. Calvary in the song, right, which allows us to, you know, we're not we're not making a huge ridiculous leap to bring Jesus in or anything, right? Right, right. It's not that we talk about Jesus here a lot on our podcast. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> just in our spare time. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes uh, Bob and I just get together to argue Christianity and other religions. <laughs> that's, a different, that's a different podcast. So you will mention that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was interested in the uh, the mention on the site, on the annotated fall site, about uh, the use of leg end. And he's talking about how I'm going to pull up the lyric real quick here. There's, uh, you know, the beginning of the song where he's talking about uh, it was all on one leg and I was only on one leg. Uh, sort of a reference to apparently he had fallen down. Um, at some point, I slipped on some ice and broke his leg and his hip at some point during that period. Um, so, and, yeah. and, as, and as one of the commenters mentioned in here, that he uh, was mentioning the connection to Oedipus because the name Oedipus means lame foot. <laughs> I, I forgot that. about that one. Yeah, I remember that from today. Yep, and sort of connecting it to the blindness thing. So uh, it, I you know, always fascinated really amazing by that. because you know Mark Smith himself uh, had injured his leg and he was he was literally on one leg at one point. Right. And when we talk about how he brings all these things into the lyrics, you know, and then we're we're making these connections and we're not sure if it's really you know how well we're doing it and. Well, he's talking about one leg. Is he talking about the Masonic ritual? Is he talking about his own injury? Is he referring to Oedipus? And I mean, I think that's why probably a good reason why I chose this song, because it's I think this is what he wants his lyrics to do. He want he wants the lyrics to be to open into these kind of uh, possible interpretations. And I and I don't know how, you know, was he thinking of every one of these associations at the same time as he put that line in there? Who the hell knows? But he seemed to have a real facility for putting words together that will allow you to do something like this. And then mm-hmm. connections and they're not arbitrary. Right. I mean, he really injured his leg. Um, right. I mean, the Oedipus thing is very <coughs> speculative, but uh, and the Masonic thing is very speculative. But we can find reasons that, you know, but Oedipus happens to be blind. Like, look at that. Lo and behold, um, we can find reasons to. Um, to sort of, if not verified, to at least sort of uh, legitimate, you know, a lot of these sort of interpretations, and I, and I think that that's what he's really trying to do. He's trying to he's trying to create a surplus of meaning. I think. Mm-hmm. But I also wonder if, he, like, how he would view a site like the Annotated Fall, or you know, the folks online debating his lyrics and trying to pick them apart for meaning and multiple meetings. Would, would that matter to him or would he just kind of laugh at this and laugh it off? I'll tell you what, uh, there was a part of me that, you know, it was horrible to hear that he had died. And, you know, I, I'm such a huge fan. There was part of me that breathed a sigh of relief because I'm like, he never mentioned us. Thank God. <laughs> you know, because um, I don't know. I mean, he had to have been aware of my site by the time he died. You know, Bricks had tweeted about it, uh, which wouldn't help to endear it, you know, to him. And um, it, it just people had, had, I think, at that point, um, used it in writing some of their books and things like that. And he had to have known about it. And, you know, the obvious thing for him to do would be to say something like, you know, who's this stupid cunt who thinks he can explain my lyrics? <laughs> and uh, But at the same time, you know, through the years he's really 
at times taken a real shine to people taking him seriously and taking his his uh, work seriously. So I think I think that really in his heart he would have liked what I'm doing. Uh, but at the same time, if he'd read some of the notes, he probably would have gotten infuriated because he'd be like, that's so far off. What the hell are they talking about? You know? <laughs> Stupid idiots. So uh, it's it's hard to say whether he really ever, you know, read the site, but he had to have known it existed. And I like to think that it pleased him that it existed, but we don't know. But at least he never, you know, it, it's hard. If you're a real fan of somebody, if he had, if he had sort of let me have it, you know, that would have been a hard thing to to take on board you know? a little bit devastating i'm sure yeah. I, I just don't know because he I, I never i i don't know during his life was he a very online person did he engage with the internet in any market way not at all not intended but he yeah. but he had tentacles in there you know so uh so the fall form is a good example that was uh countenanced as the official fall form for um i don't know a couple of years or something and then he disowned it, you know, and he, he basically uh, he, he basically demanded that it be shut down, which everybody just kind of laughed off. But uh, <laughs> I think he, wanted, he really wanted to control the discourse. He only wanted certain things uh, being said. And, and um, I don't know if it even still exists, but a few years ago, there, and this is before Mark died, there was an official fall site that again sprung up. And it had forums, and it was just completely lame. I mean, it was just, you know, it was a non-starter for most people. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I think he, he did have this tendency to want to really – he wanted people talking but only saying what he wanted them to say, you know. And, and, right. Uh, and and, and he, had, he had people out there who were on the Internet that were, I think, reporting back to him, basically. <laughs> there was a guy who did a there was a guy who did a Twitter page as Marky e. Smith and it was hilarious. And I I think he um I, I think he attacked that a little bit. Oh he wasn't he wasn't that happy about that. You know there's times when you think can he just have a sense of humor about this but uh, <laughs> but you know he had a certain amount of uh, you'd have to say he had an ego I think. Oh I would say so yeah. Mm-hmm I think he also like liked a lot of brilliant creative people, you know, he, he had to be the way he was to be him, you know, I mean, that's, that sounds like he's excusing anything he did or said, which I'm not, but um, I think there's a truth to the fact that he, he had to be that way to be the way he was. I think it's very well put. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> I think he definitely liked control over things. And so any stories about him not wanting people to come up with their own interpretations of anything that he did would be a big, you know, no brainer. When you think about Marky Smith, he's just like, yeah, that, that completely makes sense. You know, I mean, after having read the fallen and all that kind of stuff where, you know, all the stories of all the different members of the fall um, and them being booted out for various reasons, it's just like, yeah, that completely makes sense. So, so I'm, I'm glad he never actually like, belittled the side or anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i think he wanted people to interpret his lyrics and this is but he didn't want people to like we made this distinction before about explaining him and interpreting him and he might have been one of those people who saw a little too much of the former in what i'm doing i don't know because you know when you interpret something you can't help but um advance it as a, a, a reasonable interpretation and an interpretation that's potentially better than, you know, some other interpretation. And that, that's always yeah. implied 
And a lot of times when I interpret something, I think, well, this isn't the only valid interpretation of this. There, there would be, a, there's not an infinite number of interpretations that would be as good, but neither is there none, right? I mean, and I think that's probably about the sweet spot with most false songs where if you get a little too sort of diegetic, if you're sort of tying it together a little too much and the interpretation is a little too neat and it's all hanging together, then there's other ones that are going to be branching off like um, like parallel universes or something that are probably going to be just as valid. Right, right. So you, did you say that, uh, that Bricks mentioned your site? Yeah, this is years ago now. I mean, I think Mark was still alive. She just, you know, tweeted it out one time said hey this is a great site or something like that oh nice um mm-hmm. have there been any other like- yeah and I, who's the last person to write it? whoever whoever's the last person to write a book was it paul hanley i'm pretty sure paul hanley cited us in um his book about hex induction hour which i haven't read yet oh um, I, I think he i think he did Actually, Bob has my copy right now yeah <laughs> <laughs> so there you go so yeah. pretty, Sorry, I'll read it did, soon. Actually, and, no, no, and <laughs> Steve Hanley, I'm pretty sure he looked at it, but I don't think he mentioned it in, in his book. And then before that, we were probably too obscure. So maybe yeah. just the last few years or something like that. But, it, but right now, if you write a book about the fall, even if you were in the fall, you're going to have to reckon with my site. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot there, which I love so much. Put a, uh, a comment on Twitter about that we were recording a podcast about this particular song, and someone mentioned that there's apparently a mix of the song on YouTube that goes on for about 25 minutes that I think is all kind of centered around the bass sound. So know, <laughs> something to look for if you want to really dig into the song. Wow. And there's a mashup on Twitter of, of I mean, on YouTube of uh, Blindness and Stevie Wonder Superstition. I right. I go on there. Yeah, that one makes sense. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess. But I the, guess the baseline, of course, it seems to come from uh, Roots Maneuver. So um, yeah. It, and if you've listened to that, it's 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 weird. It's like recontextualizing it. Really, it basically comes from that. I think it's a little different. Like the notes are a little different, but yeah, um, it, it definitely seems like they could have not reported that because I, I think that was actually reported by somebody in the band. I, it's in the notes somewhere, but um, yeah, you know, yeah. probably could have got away with it. Um, and then also the Roots Maneuver guy, he was, they were trying to rip off the Doctor Who theme, if I remember right. correctly. And I could hear that when I heard that, when I heard it for the first time, I, I thought I, I caught a little bit of the, the, the melody of that in the fall song, of the Doctor Who theme song. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's all coming together, people. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, and of um, course, it's the kind of song that can drive you crazy because it's just the same bass riff. <laughs> on uh, all hit roll right yeah where um i think it's a little longer i think at least i remember it that way and um it just doesn't quite have the snap that the peel session does so you just kind of have that riff running right. over. i would really say, like say all hit roll version but yeah yeah i think i like the peel session version better of this song yeah um, me too i think and I think it's, I think if, if it's not in your, if it's not on the site, somebody mentioned it somewhere where I was reading today, where it was more like that the Peel Session version is more magical. Like the words are not as repetitive or, you know, within the Peel Session version. He's doing a lot of ad libbing with, you know, different things. And you've got the lyrics on your site, but I, I think I did like the, um, 
Peel session more. I haven't listened to the demo, the the blind man version that was released yet. Um, no, I haven't either. I don't even know that. I've, I don't even know that I've tracked it down ever. So yeah, I don't know. But um, I just listened to yeah. that a week or two ago. Um, because somebody just sent me the words, they were trying to put it up on the site, and I listened to it, and I don't remember much about it. Just about everybody in the world likes the Peel session the past. I think. Um, I, some people don't like the fall hedgerow version at all. I actually think it's great. It's just the heel session is better. But uh, you, this probably won't impress you, Hiram, but um, <laughs> that part in the beginning where the bass sound changes, you know, right when it kicks in, that's really nice. Right. I like, no, I like that. I like it when they do that on fall songs or any song, basically. I mean, it definitely sounds like it was like a room mic and then they went to like the close miking afterwards or something. Um uh, so yeah, I do like that about it. And I actually like the synth sounds going against the bass line. That kind of drives me insane. Like I really like the synth sounds of the Fallheads roll version. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I, I like that version of it as, there's a, there's as much as I can. On, um, <laughs> there's a version with the, um, the Barbado gang, the band, um, on, was it, what is that album called? Uh, Last Night at the Palais or something like that? Um, there's a live album. I, I can't remember the name uh, that has a fantastic, absolutely wonderful live version of that. That might be the. Oh best. really? Yeah. Um, it's it's the band, the American band, when he had um, what is it, Orfeo McCord and Barbato and the the White Fence guy. Um, okay. All right. I'll definitely, definitely look for that one. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's a song that well, really had. Um, should be mentioned, really had staying power in their live set beyond most fall songs because um, the Fall Heads Roll came out in 2005. I'm not sure when they started playing it. Um, I would look at the Reformation website to find out, or now it's called the Track Record or something, and that's another nightmare. I have to change all the links on my site. Oh, right. But um, the, the, I imagine they started playing it probably in 2004 or something like that and uh, played it right up to the end. So what's that, 2018? Um, 14 years is, you know, I don't know if there's there's songs he brought back, but I don't know if there's another song that uh, stuck for 14 years in the set list uh, at all in their career. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could be way off about that, but but my sense is that that's it, if not unique, at least uh, notable. The flat is eagle, a call of cavalry and cavalry, of cavalry and cavalry. Oh, 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 oh,